At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S. O-N-A-I-R. Let's take a look at what went down in the NBA here on Wednesday. As I mentioned before, dogs ruled the day. The Knicks winning outright as an underdog against the Hornets. The Pistons winning outright as a dog against the Hawks. The Kings winning outright as a dog against the Pacers. The Warriors winning outright as a dog against the Heat. The Grizzlies winning outright as a dog against the Nets. Believe it or not, the Suns actually went off closed as a small point underdog. So they won outright as a dog against the Wolves. The Thunder won outright as a dog against the Magic. The favorites that were able to win were also able to cover. Uh, Actually, not all of them, but. Celtics blew out the Jazz, 125-97. They continue to be the most impressive team in the NBA right now. They cover that line. It was the Mavericks beating the Rockets, 110-91. They cover that line. Spurs blew out the Blazers, 133-96. They cover a heavy line. Sixers beat the Lakers without LeBron James. 126-121, Lakers did manage to get the cover without LeBron James. Joel Embiid, 30 points and 10 boards in the victory. So take a look now at the NBA standings, where the Miami Heat, by virtue of their loss as a 10-point favorite against the Golden State Warriors, Miami loses, and there was a flare-up on the sidelines between Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler, Sarek Spolstra is involved, and oof, Miami, who has uh, lost two in a row, uh, four of their last ten games. They are in first place, but only a game and a half up now on Philly, Milwaukee, and the Boston Celtics, who by tiebreakers currently sit 2-3-4, and four, respectively. The Bulls, they're four and a half games back. The Cavs are the sixth seed. Cleveland's just one game back of Chicago for the five seed. The Raptors are a game back of Cleveland for that six, seven. Brooklyn is the eight. They're one game up on Charlotte, who is the 10. And the Atlanta Hawks are the 11. So Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta all losing here on Wednesday. So no change in the standings. And that's 
crazy because they each had an opportunity to gain ground on the opponents that they're chasing here or that, that, that they're close with. You know, the Hornets lose to the Pistons. The Nets with the win would have created some distance between themselves and the Hornets for that eighth seed. But they're just one game up and the Hornets losing, the Hawks losing. So no change there in the Eastern Conference standings from the 7-8-9s. Uh, or excuse me, the 8 9 tens. In the Western Conference, uh, you got Memphis. They're the two seed, two games up on the Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are really uh, slumping, even though they won. And this is what I was concerned about. Draymond Green calling the team out after yesterday's loss. I, I didn't play this game, but I wondered if it was going to have a positive response. I wondered if it was going to affect this team in a way that they would come out hard against the Miami Heat, and that's exactly what happened. And they won this game outright. Uh, and so they have they've won five of their last ten games, so they're five and five in their last ten, but they are still the three seed in the Western Conference. Utah and Dallas are tied at the 4-5. And Denver is at the six, just two games back. Now, Denver is a game and a half up on Minnesota, who is the seven. The Clippers are locked in there to the eight, pretty much, uh, for all intents and purposes. The Lakers are just a half game up on New Orleans for the nine seed. And don't count out the Spurs just yet. San Antonio has won two straight games. And they are a game and a half back of New Orleans for the 10 seed, two games back of the Lakers for the 9 seed. Let's take a look at the schedule here for Thursday in the NBA. It's a short schedule, five games. Here's what we have. Raptors are hosting the Cavs. Toronto is a three and a half point favorite. Pacers are at the Grizzlies. Memphis a 12 and a half point favorite. Don't know about the status of John Morant in this one. He did not play against the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, it's crazy. The Nets were the team that I was on because I said that every time this team is on the road, I have to bet them. When it's Kyrie and Durant playing together, I got to bet them. And they were both in this game, and they both scored a ton of points. But the Grizzlies, I don't know what it is about this team, but they are now 15-2. and Without Ja Morant. That's incredible. Without Ja Morant, they have won 15 of 17 games, including beating the Brooklyn Nets. And speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving's going to be able to play at home. It's it, the, the, the mandate is changing. New York City athletes and entertainers that are unvaxxed will be able to work. Could happen as soon as next week. And Kyrie uh, could be playing in the Nets' next home game, which is going to be here. They're in Miami for their next game coming up on... um, That game is on Saturday. And then Sunday, they're home against Charlotte. Uh, I wonder if that is when they're going to be able to have Kyrie at home. Um, The mandate is being rolled back Thursday. 
So, yeah, I guess Kyrie could be playing Sunday. And what did I tell you about this? Once it was announced that this was also going to affect the Yankees and the Mets, I said this thing's getting done. Because where the Brooklyn Nets might not have the uh, political influence, the Yankees absolutely do. And there was no way, no, 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 no way, there was no way that this was going to last through opening day. The Yankees were going to get this changed. Because if they had to play, and Aaron Judge was not able to play in 90-something games this season, uh uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. They were going to get this done. They were working with they were working with the city hall officials from day one. And look at what happened. The Yankees got it done. Now I don't know that for a fact, but I do know the Yankees got this thing done. As uh no, that wasn't a twitch. That was me winking at the camera. So Mayor Eric Adams on Thursday will lift the mandate, uh the vaccination mandate. So Kyrie Irving can play at the Barclays Center and unvaxxed Yankees and Mets will be able to play in their home openers uh, in April. So that is a good thing for the Brooklyn Nets as now moving forward, you get Kyrie in every single game. Nets are plus 250 to win the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's go continue through the schedule here on Thursday. The Wizards are at the Bucks. Milwaukee is a 12 point favorite. The Bulls are at the Pelicans. Chicago laying one. And the Suns are in Denver. Denver is a three point favorite in this game. The Suns coming off of a big win against Minnesota. It is the second night of a back to back for Phoenix. And, uh, you know, I like to look at the standings when it comes to the teams that absolutely need the wins. And Denver is a team that needs this win. But then again, Minnesota was a team that needed this win. And they, man, they were in a fight early. Minnesota was up 13 at the half. Think about that. And Phoenix rallied in the second half. I got to think that plays into the handicap here that it took a lot of energy for Phoenix to have a 13-point comeback in the second half to beat Minnesota. So now traveling on the second night, going to Denver, playing at altitude, I, I got to think that it's it's Denver is the right side of this game against the Suns. Uh, I'd wait and see what the status of John Morant is uh, for the Pacers game, but then again, you know, thinking about the way that this team plays without Ja 15-2, and two, Straight up. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Now, after the win over the Nets, nothing really scares you there. Both the Pacers and the Grizzlies did play here on Wednesday. Indiana losing at home to the Kings on a uh, tip-in with about .2 seconds left as um, the Kings got the 110-109 victory as a six-point underdog, five, six-and-a-half-point underdog. And then the Grizzlies were able to really take care of the Nets, uh, winning by 12, 132 120. The Grizzlies' first quarter, man, I'd love to know the numbers here, but it seems like every single game they are exceeding their point total in the first quarter. They scored 40 points in the first quarter against the Brooklyn Nets. Again, without John Morant. Crazy, right? We'll get back into college basketball coming up next. We'll be joined by Jim Root from the three-man weave as we'll get his selections for the Sweet 16 games beginning here on Thursday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Jim Root from the Three Man Weave joins me to talk college hoops. Coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead, this is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. in full swing grab a five-hour energy to stay alert and watch all your favorite games or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins nutrients and caffeine it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done go to fivehourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape tropical burst cherry blue raspberry and more there's a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's get back into the Sweet 16 and welcome in our good friend Jim Root from the Three Man Weave. And Jim, I've been talking about how I think it's going to be a chalky Thursday. Uh, I really do love the favorites. Uh, you know, a couple of coin flip games later on in the day. But as far as the first two games are concerned... I'm on the favorites, and let's start with game one here with Gonzaga. I know it's a big number, and I know that the Zags struggled in the first half of both of their games in the first two rounds, but something tells me that this is the spot where Mark View has his team more focused. They survived, they advanced, and now they get ready to dominate. I'm back in the Zags here to win by double digits. The the one thing that makes me nervous is, like you said, they they kind of found it, especially the second half against Memphis. Uh, I, I thought they kind of flipped to a different gear. Uh, the Drew Timmy halftime speech seemed to work quite well. Mm. Uh, but if it hits 10, I may probably put a, a little bit on Arkansas. Not a big bet by any means. Uh, I just think they'll be able to score with Gonzaga a little bit. Uh, they think their guards will be able to get into the paint. I'm not high 
on the Zags perimeter defenders, but that's about the only thing that I'm not high on Gonzaga mm-hmm. on. So uh, I think I think uh, Davis and Note and maybe even Chris Likes will be able to score a little bit. Uh, so I also kind of lean towards the over, but I have yet to lay anything down on that game. I'm relatively torn there. Would you consider an Arkansas first half play just based on the struggles of Gonzaga in the first two rounds? I'd, I'd be nervous there because for, at least for a while, maybe not so much this year, but Arkansas's first halves were, were poor. I mean, last year, I think they got down by double digits in their first three hmm. tournament games. So I'm scared about the first half on them. I, I think it'd be more of like a battle back in the second half, keep it close kind of thing. All right. Villanova takes on Michigan and the Wildcats are laying five. Any read on this game? I'm I'm with you here. I, I think I'll be probably back in the favorite with Nova. I, I saw it get down to four and a half a little bit this week, and I was Good. hoping, <laughs> was hoping it would go lower and get down to four. Uh, but we didn't we didn't end up seeing that. Uh, went right back up to five. But I still like the Wildcats. I, I think their discipline, their switchability defensively is going to give uh, Michigan some problems. That's not really something you see a ton of in the Big Ten. Switching one through five. So I, I think uh, Villanova can give them some issues there. And then their offensive execution, they'll move Dickinson around with pick and rolls with, uh, you know, Dixon spotting up on the perimeter. He had a couple of huge threes against Ohio State. And I think the guard post-ups for Villanova will be a huge weapon with Gillespie and Justin Moore on the block. I don't think Michigan's smaller guards can really handle that. So I think Villanova finds a way to score. They contain Dickinson enough, enough, I'm saying. He'll probably mm-hmm. still get 20 and 10, but contain him enough to cover that minus five. What I love about Villanova, and they're my national champion, Jim, and and by the way, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, my national championship matchup of Villanova-UCLA, if you want to bet the exact outcome, either way, both ways, 60-1 to one for Villanova Ooh. over UCLA or UCLA over Villanova. That's a lot better than my 25-1 to one ticket that I have on Nova to win the national championship, so... Uh, I might uh, make some phone calls and see what uh, people can do. But yeah, you got to line that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I love the free throw shooting. Uh, this is it's the best free throw shooting team of all time, not just yeah. this season, Jim, of all time. And let's say this game is close at the end. This could be a one point game with 15 seconds left, and Michigan misses a shot and they foul. Guess what? Villanova makes both free throws. Now it's a three-point game. Michigan goes for the three. They miss. They foul. Now it's a five-point game. And there could be a way that a one-point game with 15 seconds left turns into a six- or a seven-point Villanova win and a cover. So that's why I'm comfortable laying the number here with Nova. Yeah, it's the right range of number where free throws are probably going to come into play. And like you said, there's been no one better than this team. Gillespie and Moore are both up around 90%. Yeah, like, those guys are knocking them down. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so incredible. Plus, like I said from the beginning of the season, uh, if you think a guy's been in school too long, you always bet that team, which is why Villanova and Kansas were two of my picks here to go to the Final Four. Because Colin <laughs> Gillespie go. and, you know, <laughs> well, Remy Martin, eh, not that much, but uh, he's no, uh, he, 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 there's some other guys that have been in school. Uh, Perry, he's no Perry Ellis at Kansas and, and, uh, no Shane McNamara at 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 uh, Syracuse, but yes, if you recognize a player's name for a long time, bet that team. Uh, Duke takes on Texas Tech, and it's just it's a contradicting uh, bet here because I feel like people see Duke as the underdog and want to bet Duke. The line's not moving though. Texas Tech is still the favorite. The numbers telling me that Texas Tech is the right side. And so for me, it doesn't come down to actually basketball. 
It comes down to the line telling me that Texas Tech is the right side. I'll leave it up to you, Jim, to tell me the basketball sense why Texas Tech is the right side. Or is it? Yeah, I'm I'm stubborn, and I try to just you know do my own handicap and ignore the market. And sometimes that is to my own detriment. I will own up to that. Hand up. I sometimes will uh, should have listened to what the line was saying. But here I'm with you. I think the basketball side says Texas Tech as well. Uh, the Red Raiders, the best defense Duke has played all season by far. The only other top 40 defense that Duke played was Gonzaga all the way back in late November here in Vegas, actually. Uh, so I just don't think Duke has seen this kind of intensity. Uh, the kind of uh, force and and pressure that really makes you uncomfortable. The turnover rate numbers for Duke's opponents are pretty low as well. Uh, so I think they're going to give Duke a lot of problems in offense that hasn't run into this before, uh, usually gets by on talent. I don't think they're going to have some crazy intricate game plan to attack this Texas Tech defense, which really concerns me because I think you need one. Uh, and then on the other end, yeah, the Red Raiders, not great offensively. But Duke has been poor defensively. If you filter Bart Torvik since the start of March, seven games for Duke, they're 191st defensively. That's Oof. terrible. It's so bad. Uh, so I think Texas Tech can find a way to get a couple of, of much-needed buckets there and probably a low-scoring game, but I think Texas Tech grinds one out. And Houston, Arizona, what do you think about this uh, close matchup? Boy, I've been going back and forth on this one all week, have basically one, one foot on each side of the fence. Uh, I, I think there's a case to be made that Arizona got a little bit exposed against TCU on the offensive glass. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you can keep him out of transition. It, it really hurts the offense. Kirk Kreese's ankle clearly bothering him. But on the other hand, maybe Arizona learned that you can't give up 20 offensive rebounds and they've been practicing boxing out all week. And Kreese has been icing that ankle and getting healthier and he'll give them some more uh, juice from the perimeter and maybe not be so, so much of a liability defensively. So I've, I've had some struggles back and forth on this one. I think the one bet I am going to make is the first half under. I think Arizona needs, they know that they need to play bigger. They can't go small with their lineups. They need to get those two bigs out there to fight on the defensive glass. That will hurt their transition game. And then also Houston is going to play slowly. They know that much like Gonzaga, if you let Arizona run, that offense can really eat you up. So I think they're going to try to keep it slow paired with the Arizona lineup decisions that I expect. I, I think that sets up well for a nice first half under. So I was looking at uh, Bart Torvik, and I was looking at adjusted defensive efficiency, and, you know, I wanted to say, hey, you know, defense wins championships, right? So I'm going to look at the better defensive teams as the teams that I'm going to play on here. So just in these first four games, the defensive fades, as I call them, which would be the lesser defensive adjusted teams, Duke against Texas Tech, Michigan, against Villanova, Arizona against Houston, Arkansas against Gonzaga. I think there's something there, Jim. <laughs> As those, yeah, are the, yeah. those are the sides that we kind of feel like are going to come through here on Thursday. It's a compelling case. I mean, I you know, some of those, like Arizona and Arkansas's defenses are no slouches, mm -hmm. but relative to the, the, the opponent they're playing, they definitely are inferior. So, yeah, you're going to make me nervous about potentially back in Arkansas. That's why I, maybe I like the over a little bit more there. We'll see. Yeah, that's an interesting one to play at. All right, let's predict ahead. Let's say the outcomes happen the way that we think it's going to happen. Gonzaga against Texas Tech. What would happen in this matchup? Well, we, we saw it once back in December. Gonzaga was a double-digit favorite on a neutral. I think the line would be a hair lower. I don't think it'd be 10.5 again. Uh, but I think Texas Tech would come with a similar game plan. Try to take away the paint. 
forced Gonzaga to shoot over the top. I think they made 12 threes at an over 40% clip in that game. And that really saved them because they didn't score much in the paint. Uh, Texas Tech obviously didn't score much at all, only 55 points. So I think Gonzaga would be okay with seeing that matchup again, and they probably prefer it to playing Duke once again. Yeah, especially uh, considering Duke beat them here in Las Vegas. Jim, hang on. We're going to get to the Friday games coming up next. We'll see if you agree that it. I think it's a chalky Thursday, but maybe some of the dogs will be barking here on Friday. So we'll get to the other uh, four games in the Sweet 16 coming up next. He is Jim Root from the Three Man Weave. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter. At Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Maybe you're going to play my national championship of UCLA and Villanova. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot and Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Choose wisely. Scott Seidenberg here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Rejoined now by Jim Root from the Three Man Weave as we break down the Sweet 16. And Jim, let's get into the games on Friday. And it all starts with Cinderella themselves St. Peter's, the Peacocks from Jersey City are a 12 and a half point dog against Purdue. What can Shaheen Holloway's team do to keep this thing close? Uh, they're going to have to figure out some sort of post defense. That, that's the problem. They're relatively small front line, very, very foul prone, 348th in the country in free throw rate. I think that's the biggest worry for mm. the Peacocks. Uh, I think people made a big deal about the free throw disparity between Texas and Purdue, but I would I would implore those people to watch the game and tell me which one of the Texas plays were not fouls because I think it was just an overwhelming of size. Like Texas front line is not very big and Purdue took advantage of that. So I I'm concerned that that's what we see again here, 30 to 40 free throws for Purdue. But both 15 seeds that made the final or the Sweet 16 before have covered. Uh, so perhaps there is something to the magic of March and the juice that those 15 seeds have. I know you're. You're leaning towards the Peacocks, correct? I, I am. I, I think this is a game, Jim, where it's never in doubt, but it's also never out of hand. Like, okay. per, like Purdue's going to be up six to eight points the entire game. It's never going to get down to one where you're thinking, hey, St. Peter's can take the lead on this possession, and Purdue's nervous and worried, and let's take a timeout. And it's also never going to get to the point where St. Peter's is down 24 and you're thinking, man, we need like a 9-0 run now in order to have a chance to cover. I think it's going to live in that 6-8 to eight range, and Purdue winds up winning this game by 10 or so, and St. Peter's squeaks out of cover. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, I, I This is another one I haven't bet yet. I am leaning towards the favorite the other way because of the 
uh, the potential foul despair sure. you mentioned. I just I haven't been that high on St. Peter's all season. Uh, the offense has been terrible until suddenly a couple of really excellent games so far this season or the, this tournament. So maybe they revert back to their mean, but look, they've climbed up to basically a hundredth in Ken Palm. Uh, they've been excellent through two games, dominated the Murray state game wire to wire. So there's certainly a part of me that's concerned. I'm not giving them their due credit at this point. Yeah. And everyone wants to talk about the size of Purdue, but you know what? Like there was a guy by the name of Oscar Shibway who who went off for like thirty and fifteen or whatever, and Kentucky still lost the game. So yeah, uh, you know <laughs> you want to let Purdue do what they want to do inside, okay? And you know, they're and they're gonna win. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying St. Peter's is gonna win. I'm just saying let's just keep it within twelve here <laughs> and then give ourselves a cover. Uh, it's just an incredible story. And as you mentioned, the last two fifteen seeds to advance to the Sweet 16 have both covered in Florida Gulf Coast, losing to Florida and uh, Oral Roberts in the uh, loss last season. They were able to cover. They only lost by two, Oral Roberts. So that was uh, kind of a shocker there. Providence and Kansas. Earlier in the week, Jim, I'm on Kansas. Later in the week, I'm on Providence. I'm so torn with this game. Providence, full disclosure, I bet against them down the stretch of the Big East regular season. And they stung me. I finally bet on them in the Big East tournament, and they get whooped. So what do I do? I bet against them in the NCAA tournament, and they sting me. So now it's like, I'm going to bet on them, and they're going to lose by 30? Like, I don't know what to make of this team. I, I am leaning towards taking the points with the Friars, though. Talk me into this. Why should I be on Providence? I, look, I've had similar uh, dalliances with and against Providence. They've, they've burned me a few times as well. I was on South Dakota State in the first round. But finally, I got it right. I bet on Providence in the second round, one of the easiest covers of the year with that 28-point victory over Richmond. That was wonderful. I basically have decided I'm throwing out numbers I, and mostly throwing out matchup stuff too. I think Providence just breaks most of the systems. They're, they're experienced. They're well-coached. Uh, they're tough. They they just hang around. Even if they get down 10 in this game, I think they will get back inside the number. I, I took plus seven and a half early in the week, and I'm I'm going to stick with it all the way through this game. Uh, I just I just think there's enough there with Watson inside and Durham and Bynum and the shot making they have going. I get that Remy Martin has given Kansas a lift, but I think it's kind of messed with their pecking order a little bit. Agbaji has not been the same since Remy Martin started his ascendance. Hmm. And man, the Kansas defense was not good against Creighton. Creighton had four guys left capable of scoring, and they still scored over a point per possession. So I, I think Providence, a healthier Big East team, can hang around, keep this one close. Maybe not win, but I think they're going to be right there. I think there's something everyone wants to talk about, the luck factor and how they've played all these close games, but... I actually think you could look at that as a strength that they've played in so many close games and Ed Cooley has his team, uh, you know, to to punt off of his last name, you know, cool as a cucumber when it comes to those pressure situations, right? And so if they get into a situation where the game is close down the stretch, they're not going to panic because they've been there so many times before. Yep, oh, 100%. And I mean, I, I Cooley plays into the luck thing. He jokes about it in basically every press conference, which I adore. I, I like that he <laughs> leans into it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i finally giving credit to, uh, Providence the credit they de- they deserve, riding them plus seven and a half here. Me too. Uh, you finally sold me. UCLA, North Carolina. I, I love this UCLA team. Uh, I think as long as Hawkins is healthy, they're going to roll here 
in this matchup. This line should not be two and a half, Jim. I think there's recency bias built in with the way that North Carolina has looked. UCLA is a mission team. All those kids came back here this year with one goal in mind, and that's to win the national championship. Plus, I actually think that the bracket unfolding is going to be a strength for this team because they are staring at the potential of that Gonzaga rematch in the Final Four. And if you don't think that that's bulletin board material for Mick Cronin, I I don't know what to tell you because that's exactly what this team wants to do is face off against Gonzaga in the Final Four. Hey, they got to get there first, though. You know, if they're they're looking too far ahead, they got two tough games to take care of business here. Uh, I, I wanted this line to be four. Uh, that's what Ken Palm has it at. I thought I'd be able to get uh, the full possession with UNC. And maybe when they announce Hawkes in, there'll be enough money that, that pushes it up to three and I'll take North Carolina. But uh, I've been a little lower on UCLA all season. They, they're extremely jump shot reliant. I think that makes them really high variance and, and tough to figure out. Uh, they're a great jump shot shooting team. They make those tough shots over and over, but uh, I think against a team that's playing as well as Carolina is, uh, I, I mentioned the, the Duke defense since March 1st. Since March 1st, UNC is number one in the country. Wow. For Bart Torvik. That's wow. that's how good they've been. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's including the the late collapse against Baylor. Yeah. They were up 25 in that game. So maybe I am falling prey to the recency bias here, but uh, I thought North Carolina had every right to be this good this season. The talent that they had preseason, I, I had them up around like 14th or so. So I sort of buy that this version can be real, uh, and I'm going to stick with them here on the dog. I, I know that's against you, but hey, that's the fun. We got to give dueling perspective. By here. the way, if I had North Carolina plus the five and a half, they blew a 25 point lead with 10 minutes left in the game, and it goes to overtime. I promise you, Jim, if they didn't cover that five and a half, you would have never seen me again. Because I wouldn't have crawled out of the hole that I would have dug myself into, and I just wouldn't have been able to show my face, nor would I have been able to gamble ever again in the rest of my life. Because yeah, a you had five to be so and a half sure you point dog. You had to be so sure. There <laughs> were 25 points with 10 minutes left. That was that was the most insane thing I think I've ever seen in this in the NCAA tournament is a 25 point comeback in the final 10 minutes. It's not like it was a first half comeback. It was the final 10 minutes of regulation to force overtime. Just absolutely incredible. All right, talk to me about the last game here, Iowa State and Miami. Everyone keeps talking about why Miami's going to win this game. I, I don't know from Adam, so tell me why, uh, who I should bet here. I guess I'm with everybody then, but it's purely, I, I love the matchup for Miami. I, I think Iowa State is so dependent on pressure defensively and really offensively too. The fact that they generate a lot of steals Bowie's their terrible half-court offense. And I think Miami's guards are, are built to handle that pressure. The Wong, McGusty, uh, Moore trio are, are great at taking care of the ball. I think they can get into the lane, generate shots for themselves, generate for others. I think they're kind of like tailor-made to combat this Iowa State defense. But the one caveat, the Cyclones have yet to lose to a non-Big 12 team this year. Undefeated in the non-con, That's and here they are in the Sweet 16. That's yeah. unreal. That, that is just an insane stat and the greatest turnaround in college basketball history from 2-22 and 22 to the Sweet 16. Jim, appreciate the time. Good luck with the bets and enjoy the games tomorrow. Yes, sir. You too. Thanks he for is, having me. He's Jim Root. Check him out. The three-man weave at Second Chance Points on Twitter. A great follow when it comes to college basketball. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. 
here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Game on! Time for the Yingling Pick'em Challenge. Bring the goods during college basketball's biggest tournament. Play for free in eight pools and make winning picks for your share of $40,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Yingling now to join the action. Yingling, log her up and bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. I want to take a break away from the hoops and talk about the action on the ice. Let's go over to the NHL where there were just four games on the schedule on Wednesday and underdogs did very, very well. Maple Leafs defeated the Devils 3-2. They win as a heavy favorite. Game goes under the posted total. The Sabres, as a heavy dog, defeated the Penguins in a shootout 4-3. The Canucks, as a heavy dog, defeated the Avalanche 3-1. And the Blackhawks, as a small dog, defeated the Penguin, uh, excuse me, defeated the Ducks 4-2. So only the Penguins Sabres goes over. Blackhawks, Ducks, uh, I believe it was five and a half, so that actually might have gone over. If it was six, it pushed. Maple Leafs and Devils went up to seven, so that one under, and the Canucks and the Avalanche went under. Taking a look at your Thursday slate, and it's a good one. Lightning at the Bruins in a battle of two good teams in the Eastern Conference. That is pretty much even. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. As uh, right now it's listed as minus 110 both ways. Uh, Tampa right now is in third place. In the uh, Atlantic Division, while the Bruins are one point back of them in fourth place. Now, both of these teams are pretty firmly into the wild card picture. There's no real uh, chance for anybody else in the Eastern Conference to make the playoffs. Right now, uh, the Capitals are the second wild card with 80 points. The next closest team is the Blue Jackets at 67. So they're not catching up. So we pretty much know who's going to be in the postseason in the Eastern Conference. It's just a matter of where they're placed. Um, will the Bruins be a wild card team or will they face off against 
a team in their division. And they still could. Like, the way the, the standings work is uh, the top three teams in each division make the playoffs. The two and three seeds in each division will play each other. And then the one seeds will play the wild card teams. So right now, the Panthers and Hurricanes are both tied at 90 points each. And let's just say if the Panthers are in first place, they'll play against the second wild card. If the Hurricanes are in second place, they'll play against the first wild card. So right now, Boston is that first wild card at 83 points. But, but they are just one point back of the Lightning in the Atlantic Division. So a big game for the standings there in Boston. Total of five and a half. The Panthers take on the Canadiens and Florida a heavy favorite, minus 280 in Montreal with a total of six and a half. The Stars are at the Hurricanes. Carolina is minus 200 with a total of six. Red Wings at the Islanders. Islanders minus 210, total of five and a half. Flyers are at the Blues. St. Louis minus 280 with a total of six. The Wild host the Canucks. Minnesota minus 220, total of six. The Senators are at the Jets. Winnipeg minus 280, total of six. Sharks are at the Oilers. Edmonton minus 250, that total also six. Vegas will host the Predators, and uh, that game pretty much even. Uh, about minus 105 for Nashville, so a total of six there. Vegas has been slumping. And the Blackhawks play the second of a back-to-back. They are in L.A. to take on the Kings. And L.A. is minus 200. So really every game, with the exception of two games, has a favorite of minus 200 or greater. Lightning against the Bruins is right now, uh, gets to the exact odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That is minus 110 both ways. And Vegas is, Vegas is actually minus 115, Nashville is minus 105. Those are the only games that are sub 200. Everything else is over 200. As far as the favorites that I would like at the high number, uh, it's probably the Blues against the Flyers. I could see, I could maybe see a, a Blues puck line as the play. Um, really. Minnesota against the Canucks. Uh, Vancouver playing the second night of a back-to-back, and they just beat Colorado in Colorado. And now they go to um, Minnesota, where I believe Marc-Andre Fleury should make his debut in net. Um, Let me see if I can get correction on that uh, but he should be in line to get the start there uh, for the Minnesota Wild haven't don't know um, if it's well it's either look if it's if it's if it's flurry or if it's cam Talbot they'll have the goaltending edge regardless so um, and if you look at the Canucks the way that they played here against the avalanche uh, Yaroslav Halak was in net which does probably mean that you'll get Thatcher Demko in net for them against Minnesota. And let's just take a look at Demko's last couple of games here, and that'll give us an indication of what form that he is in. Uh, Demko's last couple of games, 
he oof 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 oof. He has lost three straight games. So Demko not in great form. In fact, it ain't just three straight losses. It's five of his last six that he has lost. Demko could be the fade. I actually might I, I might be more concerned if it was Halak in net. So keep an eye on the goaltending matchup there. Um, could be Marc-Andre Fleury. Could be Cam Talbot. Could be Yaroslav Halak. Could be Thatcher Demko. Uh, the Wild, though, would be the lean for me. Uh, so it will be Blues, Wild. Um, that's pretty much it for the heavy favorites. Like I think Red, I think I think Detroit is a live dog against the Islanders. Obviously, um, I think the Stars are a live dog against the Hurricanes. The Canadians, that would be the fade, right? You would think that the Panthers just go into Montreal and blow out the Canadians, but this is a pretty competitive Montreal team. And I wouldn't necessarily hate taking a flyer on Montreal at a giant plus money price. So I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion that a team like Florida, yes, as great as they are, uh, just rolls into Montreal and blows them out. Now, they probably do. And actually, I'd, I'd like to lean towards the over here in this matchup. I went, I, was, I went on the over in the Bruins game against the Canadiens, and it went under. But it's still the over hitting at a very high clip when it comes to the Canadiens. It was 8-0-1 in the last nine games. It was actually eight straight overs that Montreal played before they had a push against the Senators and a loss and under against the Bruins. I think that overstreak actually reverts back to where it was now. And I think this is an over game. We know that Florida can score. And the way that Montreal has been allowing goals and scoring them themselves, like I said, with that eight straight games going over, I think this could be an over game. Uh, for the um, Panthers, they went over, under, so one and one, then two unders, so one and three. Two and three, three and three, four and three, five and three, five and four, six and four, seven and four, eight and four, nine and four, ten and four, ten and four to the over in their last 14 games. So I got a team that is 10 and four to the over in the last 14 games. I got a team that is eight and two to the over in their last 10 games. I think this game goes over between Montreal. And the Panthers. That would be my leans here for some of these games. Lightning Bruins. I lean Bruins because they're home. But this is going to be a battle. This will be a playoff type atmosphere. Um, Tampa's lost two straight games. They've lost six of their last ten games. So they're not exactly in great form right now. Boston, meanwhile, has won two straight. They've won seven of their last ten games. So I would lean towards Boston at home. In what should be a very, very entertaining game. Uh, Stars-Hurricanes, I also think, is a game that could go over the total of six. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we got to talk about the move that was made here in the NFL as Tua Tungavailoa gets himself a weapon there in Miami. And Patrick Mahomes loses a big one. 
This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The case. The case. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.